0: Hello friend! Welcome back to the Book Truck Chronicles. My name is Brandy and my passion is for books and people who love books. I run Daisy Chain Book Company, a bookshop on wheels in Edmonton, Canada, and I am getting a little too excited at the sound of melting snow right now because I know this means sunny days and book truck season is soon upon us, y'all. This podcast is about books, our wildly diverse reading lives, and the people I meet on my book truck journey. And today, I want to give a shout out to my sister from down south, LaTanya from the Bronx, who is busting her butt to put her ambition of books and community together in a city of 1.4 million people where there is only one bookstore. Yeah, you heard that right. She has been listening to this podcast and sent me a message saying, I love your podcast. I've never heard so much content that I can relate to, and I am just soaking it all up. They don't sound like interviews. They sound like real conversations, and I really appreciate it because it sounds natural. Thank you so much, Latanya. You don't know how much your words of encouragement mean to me. Today, I am going to bring you part two of my conversation with Julie Parr. If you listen to part one, you know Julie is awesome, and her love of reading is diverse and intelligent and challenging, and this conversation is about books, but it's also about the richness of book clubs, and the word herpes may just be making its Booktruck Chronicles debut today. So once again, we will not be dull. Hopefully we will be entertaining, and you can add some more books to your TBR list. Here's the second part of my conversation with Julie. And I loved coming to Sherwood Park and having a conversation in the book truck with your book club.
1: Oh, yes. this is our highlight, the, our highlight night. It was really cold. It was but really you cold. came out and we went out into the book truck anyway. It, it was matter. so fun. And,
0: yeah. and hearing hearing your group talk about books, there was like a shared enthusiasm where you could feel. The energy in the room Mm -hmm. just elevate and elevate. Everybody's voices were getting higher. And I was sitting there going, this is such a fun group. They love books. They do. And they loved talking about books and sharing what they loved with each other. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, okay, these are my people. Right. Whenever that's happening, it's Mm -hmm. because whatever was in that book cannot be contained within that book. Mm -hmm. You have to say something Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. It's been funny because I've never been part of a book club before. So, and I just love listening to people talk about a book I've read. So let them go first. And I'll walk into book club going, this was a six. I'm pretty hard. I don't give out seven, eights and nines or tens very often. Um, But they love, they seem to love books. And they're like, I have a nine and a half. It's like a five and, but then I listen to why and I hear new perspectives that I didn't pick up in that book especially because I do skim I go so fast that of course I'm being cheated I cheat myself but I hear what they're saying and I'll I'm like oh yes good point and good point point. and by the time they get to me my grade has come up quite a bit Um, because I was considering things I hadn't considered before. Yeah. So if you can't even talk about it, you'll get a narrow, your narrow take on it. But it's fun to talk about a good book with other people. It is, and Mm -hmm. you're
0: right. Even just listening to somebody else talk about a book that you're familiar with Mm -hmm. is very enlightening because that same book on paper might look identical. Mm -hmm. You could hold two of the very same book, but there are two very different experiences happening.
1: Yeah.
0: And I just think that the magic of imagination mm-hmm. and what people take and how they interpret, it never gets old for me. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something so beautiful about that. About It doesn't matter how many different people come into my truck from wherever. Yeah. If we have a book in common, we sort of have a book in common, but really it's a jumping off point for something else because mm-hmm. we both have two experiences with that same right. book. Yeah. It's so fun.
1: But it gives you a chance for two very different people with different experiences who don't even know each other. Yes. To find a meeting point, right? You have a starting point. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is I cool. I love your book truck. You have the best job in the world.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, when it's really minus 40 outside and poor Daisy is parked and just waiting for me, I, I, I miss her. <laughs> I do. It's hard, when it's so cold. Yeah. But. Yeah. But yeah, when I'm out there and I get to to have those kind of conversations mm-hmm. and inspire somebody with a different book, and then see somebody like remember you came into the the truck and you grabbed a book up to, and you like held it right to your chest. You <laughs> did just I buy it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah you, did. <laughs> you did. But you you didn't just. It's like you go to a grocery store, you put things in a buggy. Yeah. You come into a bookstore, you claim it yeah, with such conviction. You do. you do. Like you hold it to your yeah. heart. This is mine. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this one. Mm-hmm. And books are personal and fantastic. I'm greedy
1: and- with books. I do. I love them. I want more of them. Yeah. I have a hard time giving them away. Yeah. And I need to. Like I have a lot. It's too much, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the reading life is you can go through seasons where you don't have very many or you're not reading as much, mm-hmm. and then other times you just can't get enough. And then, you know, it, it ebbs and flows. And yeah, you know. or if the bookstore just rolls up to you, oh. then you don't – it's it's easy access all the time. Or was that one time mm-hmm. I came into the, the church parking lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just you and, and Emily, and you yes. got to you delight joined in You me at
1: that. church, but you brought the daisy. <laughs> And I sent my husband home. I'm like, I'm getting a ride home in the Daisy. <gasps> that's right, I did gave drive me a ride you home. home, and I got to shop too. And no one yes. else came out. I'm surprised.
0: No, that's okay. But it was a little bit sleety that day, wasn't there? Some sleet coming some, down. It was an awful day. Yeah. That's okay. I, but you, me, you were my very first ride along. Was I? Yes, you were the very first person to ever sit yes. in the passenger seat, and off we go. Yeah. And right now, you're my very first. Face to face podcast interview.
1: Face to face? Yeah. How do you usually do face- this?
0: Not face to oh, face. We well. usually do it over the computer.
1: Don't
0: look at me. Look at that. <laughs> this is so fun. It is. It's good. It is so fun. So, if there was one book that you could put into the hands of somebody and you think, oh, you just have to read this book.
1: I, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is I that would be a different book for different people. Sure. Right? It wouldn't be the same book for everybody.
0: What would you want me
1: to read, for example? If you were to
0: put a book okay, in my You need hand.
1: to read Pillars of the Earth.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, will, I, I promise you I will read Pillars to. of the Earth. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I, you're easy. I could slap any book in your hand and go, <laughs> you need to read this. And you would say, okay. I, I probably would. Um
0: well you mentioned a book when we were talking earlier mm-hmm. um the book that you said you read before and you read it twice in that one year oh
1: <laughs> a fine balance
0: a fine balance yes by rowington ministry
1: i don't even remember what that book's about but it's on my bookshelf and whenever i see it i think i love that book that story yes. was amazing
0: i've heard so many people um, say
1: this yeah but I need to read it again. I truly, I even read the back of it this morning. I don't remember the story at all. I know it's about lower caste people in India and just the hardships they face. And it's just not fair.
0: Okay. Done. Okay. Done. hmm Well, I love that you were able to hang out with me and have this combo.
1: It's pretty nice to talk just books. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is pretty nice. And I don't
1: remember the books, like I never remember the titles, so I'm kind of bad at going, you need to read, I don't know what it's called, but you need to read it. But as I thought about what we might talk about today, for me, reading's not the title. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much, not every book will change you, but I think most of them should. And if you're reading stuff that doesn't change you or confront you, Mm -hmm. I think it's a waste of time. Then you're reading the fluff Mm -hmm. and yes, there's a time and place for that. But if I'm going to invest as much time in reading as I do, I think it needs to change me and grow me. And... Yeah, I'm trying right now to, I get rid of all the books that haven't done that to me. Mm-hmm. They were good reads, but that's fine. Let somebody else enjoy them. But I'm yeah. hanging on to the ones that confronted me and changed me. And and maybe they haven't changed me yet, but I haven't stopped thinking about it because it's bugging me yes yeah. there are
0: those ones that whether it's the characters mm-hmm. or a story arc or a situation sometimes it's one scene it's yeah. one moment in a book that I will play in my mind over and over mm-hmm. and over that I just cannot let go of
1: yeah I stopped reading Fleischman's In Trouble mm-hmm. I'd heard about this book people were ranting about it so I took it out from the library and I read it and I was like oh my gosh it's just more of the same sex anytime anywhere with anyone nobody seems to be talking about consent nobody seems to care that that'll give you herpes um and so <laughs> i actually put it down i had to read then i needed to read grapes of wrath so i put fleshman down i start reading grapes of wrath i'm like i brought fleshman back to the library i didn't finish it because then i'm reading grapes of wrath and i'm thinking this is yeah. literature. But Fleshman's In Trouble pissed me off, and I need to go get it again, and I need to finish it, and I need to find out why. Yep. I need to read the whole thing and find out, is there anything that will change my reaction to what I was reading? Um, Or is it more of this dribble that seems to come from Hollywood that tells us how to behave sexually with people? I hate that. Yes. I'm like... I think people do things because they think they're supposed to and not necessarily because they want to. But I need to give that book a chance to show me what it was really trying to say. And maybe that wasn't even the message of the book. It could be that I talked about that stuff for so long that I'm a little sensitive to people well, who talk about it differently.
0: Yeah, but that's the filter through which you see the world. Yeah, Whatever we have invested time and learning and, and confidence or mm-hmm. skill in, that becomes a tool with which we hammer at the world. Mm-hmm. You just can't help yeah. it. So I think... Whatever you take from that book Mm -hmm. is legit for you. Like, I think that's fine. And somebody else would get something entirely different, which means the conversation that y'all will have about that book... Would be very different. Would be... It'd be kind of cool, too, right? Because you don't want to have somebody who just goes, oh, me too,
1: me too, and then that's it. I'd like to hear the book club ladies ponder on, Ah. and I could get some new perspectives on it. And I also need to... I don't usually not finish books. I have plugged through some really just stuff I don't care about just to finish it Mm -hmm. and that one that bugs me like I actually remember the title because I didn't finish it (laughs) I need to go finish it
0: yeah yeah there was a when I was when I was younger I used to read a lot of Nancy Drew books Yes. yes now those are mm-hmm. very pattern you mm-hmm. know what's going to happen yeah. oh she might get kidnapped does she get tied to a tree or to a chair yeah. does she get stuck in a closet or the trunk mm-hmm. of a car like there's yeah. all these her scenarios. friends
1: will find her always family. yeah always. and then there's
0: ned oh ned and ned she and
1: never was, really got with ned you know she?
0: it was well they were kind of boyfriend girlfriend mm. but there was never any sort it's of
1: crossover yeah yes. oh very oh yeah. very yeah.
0: they could have been like brother and sister Yeah. But there was one book, and I do not remember which one it was. But I remember reading it and thinking, what the? <laughs> this? Because oh. it broke my my pattern of what was oh. supposed to happen in a Nancy Drew book. Yeah. I knew. I wasn't even writing the books. And I'd read so many <laughs> yeah. that I knew this is not supposed to happen. Right. I remember feeling so disenchanted <laughs> that this has, was letting me down. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to read some other kind of book. Well, I didn't go back to Nancy Drew because... I was now on a track of reading so many other things, mm-hmm. that that momentary disenchantment with that book led me to right. a whole other bunch of books mm-hmm. I wouldn't have read otherwise. Yeah. And now going back, I don't actually think that book was that different. I just think I'd had enough in my little brain. Yeah, I think I'd kind of hit my tipping point of saying, capacity. "Okay, yeah, yeah, I think so." And I think that sometimes whether you read a bunch of Daniel Steele or Nora Roberts Mm -hmm. or John Grisham or Mm -hmm. like whatever, right? Where you can, you think, you know, what's coming. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's so soothing because Mm -hmm. it's like a fairy tale, like once upon a time and the end, and Mm -hmm. you just know what happens in between. But other books can Mm -hmm. mess with your head.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And when you had a bunch of books that mess with your head, you need to go back and have like a sorbet book that resets it goes okay I need my palate cleansed I need to have (laughs) something that just like you were saying Mm -hmm. like in the summer you will plow through a John Grisham because it's good Mm -hmm. and we need to have permission to do that Mm -hmm. to say that Mm -hmm. once you do something in your reading life it doesn't have to be the only way you do it Right. always be willing to change that because even if I was to go back to that Nancy Drew book today Mm -hmm. I'd probably have a very different feeling and I'd probably want to forgive Carolyn Keene for all the things that I rant and raved about (laughs) i think i choked on my sunflower seeds when i was reading it and and you you make a good point that sometimes you can go back to a book that you said no to Mm -hmm. return that book to the library yeah because you're curious about what it was that triggered you yeah yeah and i i love that because i think a lot of readers are actually not Not as willing to do that. Once we've said no to it, it's like a boyfriend. No, Mm -hmm. we did not fit. I've said no to you. You're done. Moving on. You don't go back and redate that guy. No. Well, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But with books, it's okay. It's safe.
1: Yeah. It could be.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm trying to think if there's any books I should go back and revisit. I don't know. Maybe there are. I have to think about that. I like that. I like that you just made me think about that.
1: I reread a lot. When I keep a book, it's because I know I will reread it.
0: Oh. Yeah. And you said you've read Pillars of the Earth, like, a number of times.
1: Five times. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Especially since it took me so long to find it again.
0: True. Mm -hmm. And then it's a treasure in your shelf.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I asked so many bookstore people about that. And I'm actually surprised no one knew what I was talking about. Because (laughs) now that I know the title of it... Everyone's heard of it. And the storyline okay is building cathedrals. What more do you need to know? Well yeah. Um however
0: there's there's always a book that you can have in the back of your mind like that yeah. that you hunt for wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Julie.
1: I think we chatted a
0: long time that's okay <laughs> that's okay people love to eavesdrop on a conversation that's why podcasts are so fantastic
1: yes. right. <laughs> well thank you for having me you're very welcome
0: <laughs> and now it's time to roll it up to the business bar where i sit down grab a drink and talk about the business side of book truck life today i am drinking water with a wedge of lime because I am working to add more water into my day. Apparently they say it's good for you or something. Cheers to being more healthy. And today in the business bar I'm going to talk about being adaptable as a business. The idea of doing a mobile bookstore or a bookshop on wheels seems so adaptable just in its essence, doesn't it? I get to go wherever I want. I can change that at any time. If a place isn't working for me, I don't go there anymore. These things all seem like no brainers, and mostly they are, but there's so much more to business than just where I park. So being adaptable In your business means you have to be willing to evolve, to change, to grow and to be flexible and change what you thought was going to be the foundations of your business. I wrote about this in more detail on my latest blog post, which you can find at thebooktruckchick.blogspot.com and there's all sorts of blog posts on there. But this one is especially relevant to making changes and making cuts so that you can be especially adaptable. But let me just say that being adaptable means being humble and being willing to be taught about what your community is trying to teach you. So as much as everybody wants to run forward and do it their way and not work for the man and all that stuff, I'm still working for the man all the time. It's just that my men are a bunch of little men who are all my customers. It is never as if you just work for yourself. I've said it before and I will continue to say it that this truck is for you so i'm going to do whatever i can to make my business evolve and adapt to what your needs are as a reader so that means i might have to scratch some ideas i thought were great or reconsider some things i thought might be a little out of my wheelhouse i am still always going back and forth with the idea of do i do a brick and mortar do i just stay with the truck do i do both This is a constant struggle for me, especially because it gets so cold here half of the year. And even though I think being mobile is fantastic, I also do want to have some roots. So I don't know, I'll keep you guys up to speed on that, but so far I know decisions have been made. So let me talk a little bit about some books that have really encouraged me and challenged me to, let's say, think about my business, not just as a business, but as a way to serve readers best. Because really, I think a business we think of as just a way to trade one thing, a service or a product for cash. Okay, so money does drive a business and we do need it to pay the gas, can I get an amen? But it's not just about that. If it was, nobody would have passion for it. People would be burned out, it would be so boring this is not a boring business because it's about how to serve you and you are all so awesome and unique, which means I have to find the best ways to do it. And rather than getting overwhelmed and sidetracked and very confused about it, I found some really great books that kind of have taught me and modeled for me how to make decisions best, how to listen to the advice of people who have gone before me in so many unique areas and how to really tune into what you are saying and what you want so that I can do what you are hoping for. So the first book I'm going to mention today is called Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Now, I'm sure many of you who are tuning into the business bar part of this podcast are already in touch with who Gary V is. He is a wildly outspoken, awesomely contagious, high energy business leader who is determined to make social media and your marketing a relevant, human, and exciting part of your business. He has some awesome things to say, and this book is a must read. You will be making notes, I guarantee it. If it's your copy, you'll be writing notes in the margins and folding down pages. Oh, you really wouldn't fold down the pages though, would you use a bookmark? So he has some really cool things to say about what to do, how to make decisions about marketing, how your marketing should really reflect who you are and why you're unique rather than just copy the marketing that everybody else does. And hell, marketing shouldn't be about sales. It should be about relating to your community in a way that is human, it's personal, it's relevant. And then once the trust has been established and you say, oh, and hey, I've got this product, people are gonna say, huh, you're awesome. Sure, I'll take that product because that's what business is. If there was no exchange of product, why the heck am I here? I'm just talking to myself. So he has a really, really fabulous way of doing this in a way that I really believe is adaptable to so many businesses. So Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Go get it. All right. The second book that I loved was Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Now, Dave Ramsey is also known to be quite outspoken in (laughs) his... well, everything, but he doesn't mince words. He doesn't compromise. He started, as he says, with a card table in his living room, and now he's got a multi-million dollar business. He had one goal, which is to help people figure out how to get themselves out of debt, and he has stayed true to his goals. He has built so many different spokes in the wheel around that that main point, but he has stayed very consistent. He's got a very, very loyal audience, and the stuff he has said about being an entrepreneur and leading other people to be entrepreneurs has been so good. So I really love this book. It is meaty, it is rich. You can get it on audio or print, whichever you like. He does read the audio, which I also think was pretty awesome as a companion to the print book that I read, but you can do it however you like. So that's Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. And one of the spokes in his wheel is a book that I also loved and I have recommended to, well, almost everybody who has emailed me about how to run a book truck, and that is Business Boutique by Christy Wright. Christy Wright is under the Ramsey Solutions umbrella, and she understands very well the challenges and the victories of small business ownership, because she has not only seen her mom do it, but she has been inspired to do it herself for most of her life. So her goal is how to help women in small business thrive. She has so many good tips and tricks, and she's so encouraging. She's really, really fun to follow too on social media. So if you are curious about what it means to be a woman in this space, she is really awesome to follow. And I love her passion, her dedication, and she's not apologetic at all about saying, I'm a woman of faith, and I'm running this business under a faith platform. You go, Christy. All right, so a next book that I really enjoyed too was Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, by Robert Cialdini. Am I saying that right, Cialdini? Anyway, it was great because I think we often think of sales as pushy. I do, anyway. I think of used car salesmen and telemarketers and people in the middle of the all of those booths who are trying to put hand cream in, and crap in your hands and ah, just you just wanna walk with blinders, you know? That's what I think of sales. So. Well, a lot of people who are in the business of selling don't want to be salesman-y, but they don't know how to make that connection to be relevant and be influential and then do the ask. So what I really liked about Robert's book was that he talked about being somebody of influence in your selling space. That it doesn't matter if you're selling candles or crochet doilies or potted plants or books from a truck. You can still be relevant and have some influence and connect with people in a way that they want to be connected with. The whole purpose, everybody knows, is selling. Now, let's not, let's not blanket cover this. Let's not pretend it's something it isn't. People are not trying to be your friend and then sneaking the sales in at the end. And then you go, oh, what just happened there? I, I wasn't expecting that. If you are going to a store and you connect with that person and you like them, you know what, their job is to put something in your hands. Your part of that transaction is to give them money for it. That is just that is just the real truth of it. So let's not pretend it's something that it isn't. And what Robert does is he talks about how the psychology of persuasion actually sets the tone for people in that transaction moment. So what are they thinking? What is the environment like? What is the history of that experience? What are all the things they're thinking before they make that decision? What is your body language saying? It's, there's so much good stuff in it, and I just really enjoyed that book. All right, the other one that I will recommend is called The Happiness of Pursuit by Chris Gilbo. Now, many of you have probably heard of Chris Bil- Gilbo as the side hustle guy. He kind of coined the term side hustle, which now is pretty much a popular term in the business world. And Chris Gilbo had this goal of Chris Gilbo had this goal of visiting every country in the world before he turned 35 and he did it. He did it. He really did. Now, me, I don't have the luxury of having that kind of experience. I have maybe been to five countries? I don't know, maybe. But that is amazing. And what he discovered and what he wrote in this book was that the journey of that, the quest was really so good at propelling him to see the world differently, to meet people on this journey that challenged him, inspired him, and that ordinary people working towards extraordinary goals motivated him to do other things that were amazing. So if I walked away with anything from this book, I would have to say that learning from Chris Gilbo, how the quest enriches our lives and makes us more grateful and happy as a result is the result of pushing the limit by doing something that you don't think is possible. By just saying, you know what, you might think I'm crazy, you go ahead and think that, but I'm going to do it. So as a book truck owner in a space where there are no book trucks, yeah, I felt like I was pushing the limit as well. So when I listened to his book as I was planning this, I just felt so inspired to do something out of my comfort zone, to do something that was a little bit crazy and... Maybe I'm not visiting every country in the world, but I am doing something unique and different that was my own quest here on my own land. So that is a really great book. His book Side Hustle is also really good, but that was definitely more targeted towards the business piece and I appreciated it, but I was really more lifted up by the first book. So that is The Happiness Pursuit by Chris Gilbo. Friend, the learning just doesn't end. No matter what you're doing, you should never stay stagnant in it. If you're going to be willing to evolve and grow and change your way of thinking to bend and move with the marketplace, then you have to read about what other people have done, what is possible, and what hurdles that you can avoid in the process. I think the best thing we can do is to say, what did you do? What didn't work for you? What would you do differently? and then act on it. Don't just file that stuff away as if that's interesting little tidbits of information that we put on a shelf and leave alone. No, this stuff is all actionable. It is here to help you. I am here to help you. And no matter what your business is, it is not just a transaction of money for a product or service. It is about people whether it's face-to-face people or online people there are actual people you are serving so understanding how to serve them best will not only set you apart and create a relevance in the marketplace but it's human it's nice let's be nice as business people let's not be cutthroat savages who are just out for the bottom line that is so not me I am here about the people the community the reader the whole process if the books just get me to you and give us something to talk about and a way for me to serve you done done because remember this is still a business but it is a people-based business so whether you run a small business or you want to run a small business or maybe you prefer to support local by purchasing from a small business I believe we should aim to be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. Until next time, happy reading! Today's chapter of the Book Truck Chronicles has been brought to you by the reader who went to work with two different shoes today because she was so tired after saying just one more chapter for six hours last night. I salute you, you footwear trendsetter, you.